This podcast was originally recorded in January 2022. You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pharmacy IT Me podcast. And I'm your host, Tony Dow. And as with every episode, we start off this one saying that the entire audience is everyone. And on today's episode, I'm very excited to speak with someone I work with over at ASHP's Pharmacy section of Informatics and Technology, Informatics Pharmacist, Anna Dreger. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Anna. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, you know, for, you know, before we get started talking about the uh, details of your informatics role, uh, can you kind of tell listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I am currently a, an informatics analyst working primarily with Epic and Smart Pumps for M Health Fairview in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I've been a pharmacist for a long time, seen a lot of changes, and it's exciting to be in the informatics realm at this point. Awesome. So, you know, you started off, as with everyone I've spoken to, as a student of pharmacy and uh, going through pharmacy school, the traditional path. However, you you know, you're in a role now that's really involved in technology and patient care, you know, in the informatics pharmacist role. So where in your career did you kind of like decide to switch? Was it kind of like, you know, one day you just decided to jump into the health technology space or was it kind of more like a gradual transition? It was a gradual transition. I I never had the expectation that I was going to do this. I remember working at a hospital in Denver and one of the pharmacists had taken the role of managing implementation of ADS cabinets. And I remember thinking that there was no way I would ever do something like that ever. And then a couple of years later, I found myself working outside of pharmacy, doing software testing at a for a large development of a customer care and billing system for telephony. And learned a lot more about um, software development process and the testing and how it all fits together, which gave me some background when I came back and started working in pharmacy again. I was managing, doing operations manager, and we started implementing um, a new pharmacy system. Then we implemented a carousel and robot, and then we did bedside barcode scanning. And it was that project in particular that made me think, this is what I really enjoy. I like, I like the problem solving. I love working with different groups in, in that particular project, a lot of work with nursing and understanding how their workflow went and understanding what was important to them and how they saw the same um, applications that I was working with, but they saw them differently. So that was really what made me think, I wanted to try something different or, or move into a little different realm of pharmacy. And so when an opportunity arose, I, I took it. That's, that's cool. So you, you mentioned about the uh, software tester and functional architect. Was that kind of related to anything pharmacy or like what, what was that kind of like? No, <laughs> no, it was um, a telephone system. So a customer care and billing system for, it was actually for um, our core in Germany. And so, I was living and working in Germany at the time, um, and it was completely, totally outside of pharmacy. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. So um, so you, you were able to work completely outside of pharmacy. You went back and then, like you said, you became a pharmacy manager. What kind of things did you did you take from that, that role that were able to kind of inform you, you know, just uh, being able to jump back into pharmacy? Were there any transferable kind of skill sets from the functional architect side that, you know, was able to help you be a better pharmacy manager? 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, I had done some team lead roles at, in in the software testing groups that I worked with and worked with a bunch of different people. The The project encompassed or pulled in people from literally all over Europe. And so there were, I, I learned skills on how to work with people from different backgrounds, with different language skills, um, different interests, different age groups. So I think that was helpful. I think just sometimes stepping out of a, an area that you've spent so much time in is helpful to be able to come in with maybe a little different perspective. So yeah, and and the problem solving, understanding to ask more questions, because I walked into the role of software tester without without having any understanding of what I was walking into. I, I truly did not know what I was going to be doing. So I have an appreciation, I think, based on that experience for new people coming into a situation and understanding what it's like to not know what's going on necessarily and how to learn in that situation. I see. So so for you, like you worked there several years before you jumped back into the pharmacy um, area, like pharmacy space. And uh, was that was that a difficult transition to come back to pharmacy or was it was it OK because, you know, you already had some background? It was it was both. I, I hadn't intended to move into a management role. Um, I'd really planned on just doing some on call casual kind of work to begin with. But the opportunity came for the management role and the person that hired me was someone I really wanted to work with. So, so that worked out nicely. Um, I guess it was the go big or go home, just jump in and start, start back up again. Um, and, and then make sure to use my resources, talk to the people who, who were working there and learn from them as well. I see. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's really great, uh, to, to hear that, you know, you're still able to like, with your resources, learn with everyone from around, learn from everyone around you and just uh, getting into that role again, a pharmacy manager. And, you know, like in the, in the role of pharmacy manager, uh, you, you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier about like implementing different systems and, you know, before you became an informatics pharmacist, uh, what kind of things were you doing in the pharmacy manager space that kind of, kind of opened your eyes to the technology uh, aspect of it? I think a lot of it was, was essentially project managing within the pharmacy, within the bigger project itself, understanding how staff were going to be affected, understanding the timelines, figuring out the physical, how do we move shelves so we make space for the robot and still be able to find the stock we need to, to have to get the work done every day. What other skills? Answering questions, anticipating where things might not go the way you expected. Communication, huge learning, learning how to communicate and what to communicate and when to communicate it. And then appreciating how the pieces fit together, I think, in terms of the actual technology. What skills do people need to have? How to help them grow those skills in the process of all these other things happening at the same time? Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, you know, like after after having been a pharmacy manager, uh, you did mention too that you moved into the informatics role. So one of the things that, you know, sometimes I usually recommend students uh, when they ask about informatics is that, you know, they really should understand operational workflows to be mm -hmm. a good informatics pharmacist. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, for you, you've had experience of a pharmacy manager. Uh, can you kind of describe a little bit more in detail in terms of like your own personal experience of being a pharmacy manager and how that allowed you to be a better informatics pharmacist because of it? 
I would step back even one more step and say that being the a frontline pharmacist, a, a staff pharmacist for a while was equally as important to being an informatics pharmacist as being a manager, maybe even more important. Yeah, being I think being a frontline pharmacist, frontline technician, either, either way, getting into informatics, it's important to have that background almost more so than having management experience before moving into informatics. When I've um, worked with APPE students or residents, well, residents get that experience, but but students often don't appreciate, I think, how important it is to have a good couple years of frontline experience, whatever environment you want to work in, before you move into informatics so that so that you know what people are, what users are experiencing. And when they ask questions and request changes, you can appreciate what it is that they're experiencing that they want to try and make better. I see. I see. So, so let's let's get into um, your your role a little bit more then, since you're an informatics pharmacist now. And you know, it's for me, it's always like it's it's really interesting to speak with many other informatics pharmacists. Like, but the title of informatics pharmacist is such a general title, and every mm-hmm. every single informatics pharmacist I spoke with spoken <laughs> with has you know such a unique or specialized set of projects they work on. Uh, what is it like for you? What is your kind of like? day-to-day or maybe like some of the projects that you might be able to speak about? Order set build, I spend a lot of time on. I have some specific projects that are related to order set um, functionality around managing heparin infusions, electrolyte replacement infusions. We have nurse-managed order sets that allow nurses to um, manage a lot of those replacements or adjustments. And those order sets have some complicated build in the background and then working with frontline staff to understand what's working well and what isn't. I love those kinds of projects that, that help me understand the bigger picture of how the changes I'm making really affect end, end users and the patients that they're taking care of. I also spend a fair amount of time on, on smart pump library build, and I'm learning a lot more about how all the groups that are affected or that help make smart pumps work. Um, not just the library build, which is primarily a pharmacy focus, but biomed make sure that the pumps work, that the libraries, the updated libraries get to the pumps. Um, supply chain can help make dispensables available. And then all the things that happen. So we get a new operating system and now we have to have new software for the library updates. And who are all the people involved in making that happen? And how do we, how do we make redundancy available so it's not just an individual who has access to the library updates but it can be shared over the system what else it's just always changing i think and it's always growing there's always something more to learn and better appreciate how everything has to fit together in order for for end users to really have the best experience possible to make the best care for our patients you know, uh, a point you brought up right there was that it's always changing. And I, I think that's, uh, for me personally, that's why I love the job. It's it's mm-hmm. always something new, something we're, we're learning all the time. Uh, you, know, you mentioned order sets, you mentioned smart pump builds. Uh, I do want to like ask a further question on your order set. So for, for your role, like, is it uh, a little bit more technical, like where you're mostly doing the back end build, or do you actually get to uh, do the fact finding? You you get to speak with the the end user staff, or you get to be in those meetings to present. Like, where does uh, kind of your scope of um, of practice uh, fall for that? That has evolved as well. 
I would say now there are some specialized order sets. I mentioned heparin and electrolyte replacement, where there's a bit of a smaller working group that includes nursing, a little bit of provider input, as well as pharmacy and the Epic Build team. In that particular situation, we're really all working together to understand what is working well, where are the problems, how can we make things better, what are the incremental changes we can make, what are the bigger changes we have to plan for. So I get to do a little of both. And I think even in the cases where we have a design team currently for our order sets, and they generally put together the outline of what is needed in the build, and then that comes to us to do primarily the function of building, but you never turn off your pharmacist's brain. <laughs> so there's there's always that double checking going on. And again, because I have an understanding of what being on the front line is like, I do try and keep in mind, all right, what is this order set going to look like to the end user? How can I make it more user-friendly? What did the design team really mean when they said they wanted this particular thing to display? How can I do that most effectively? Um, so I guess it's it's some of both in my case. You know, you, you brought up a really good point too. It's, it's, there's a, there's a common question I get asked by, uh, by students. And I, I want to see what your take is on that question. And it's, uh, it's more of like, why do you need a pharmacist to be building these things? Can't you hire someone from <laughs> IT? <laughs> I'm sure you heard that too. So <laughs> I would say, sure, it is possible to hire someone to build if they're, if you have a script that's already defined and they, all they do is build what's in the, the design document. But I think as with many things, it's the subtleties that make the difference. And having someone who double checks doses, who double checks, even if it's not a conscious double check, you're, like I said, your pharmacist brain never really turns off. So, so do these, do these orders that are being asked for make sense? Is, are, are the admin instructions appropriate? <laughs> Am I going to get a dose warning on this? Should that be verified with? the design team. What are some of the other things I found? The sequence of orders. Does that make sense? How how things open or close? Um, I, I think all of those things, to, to have the knowledge of how this is going to be used by the people who are actually using it gives a depth to the build that hiring someone just to do the task doesn't have. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And it's it's uh you're right, like the pharmacist brain part doesn't turn off. I'm I like when I look review the order sets or build in the order sets, I too like just subconsciously like I'm I'm like, oh wait, does this even make sense for their operations? Or oh wait, this dose, uh -huh. how does this, you know, does this load dose actually work for this order? You know, like how are you gonna document load versus maintenance? Like yeah, those kind of things, just like excellent point, yeah. Yeah, it's just completely like subconscious now. It's not something mm -hmm. that I consciously check for. But um, but yeah, that's that's a really good point. And you know, it's really cool to hear what you're doing. And uh, I myself, I work as a generalist in the informatics space. Um, so it's always cool for, for me to like hear and you know network with other people and speak with them about like yourself, hearing about all the amazing things you're we're working on. But mm -hmm. but also you know speaking about networking, uh, you've been involved a lot with ASHP. So first of all, I want to you know publicly congratulate you for being recognized uh, with the ASHP Distinguished Service Award for all that you've Thank done you. for the profession. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you know I know that you've done so much for ASHP, uh, for the pharmacy profession and informatics, you know, being like a manuscript reviewer, uh, you know, being a chair for the professional development uh, group. But, you know, amongst 
many other things as well, like webinars and learning opportunities. I was going to ask you about all the things that you've done, but there's so <laughs> many. So I think a better question to ask you is, I guess two questions is, the first is why do you do it? And then the second is, what were some of your most memorable moments in uh, being involved? Why did I do it? I started because I really wanted to understand more about the informatics role I found myself in that I, I wasn't sure I fully understood. I think somewhere out there, there's an introductory recording, maybe probably not anymore, but uh, where when I first joined the SOPIC group, we were introducing ourselves and explaining who we were and what we hoped to gain. And <laughs> I think my response was something to the effect of, I just hope to better understand what I'm doing. And <laughs> that's really what I started with. I stay with it because I learn so much every year from from the projects that I'm working with, from the other people in the group, just things that I don't necessarily have a chance to experience in my day-to-day -day work because my work doesn't happen to cross that path. And just to be more aware of, of informatics as a whole, because it is such a broad topic. There's, there's so much going on. So that, that's my sort of selfish reason for participating. As far as the things that I've really enjoyed, oh gosh, watching a webinar finally come together after a couple of years, that's, that's truly amazing. I, reading the manuscripts that other people have written and learning from those, um, not just providing comments, but actually I get, I learned something in the process. I think also another thing that I just love doing at for mid-year, even virtually, is poster presentations um, and do, being a poster mentor, especially for students, because they're so interested and they they have a lot of enthusiasm and their topics can be very broad and very interesting to to see what's important to them and why is is always always fun for me. That's that's really cool, and that kind of like gets into a little bit of my next question, which is uh, you mentioned students. So uh, I usually ask most of my guests this question, and I think it fits well with you to ask because you have such a unique, uh, non-traditional path in your career. Is you know <laughs> what kind of advice would you give someone, whether they're a student, whether they're a pharmacist, or even a pharmacy technician, if they were interested into you know getting into the pharmacy informatics path? I think the first thing is. I really would like to encourage all students to make sure they have some frontline experience as a pharmacist for a year or two before focusing only on informatics for all the reasons that we've talked about before. Because I, th I think that just gives you a, a, a stronger, more in-depth skills to offer going forward. What else would I recommend? Pick a, pick a topic that sounds interesting and don't limit yourself to that because five years from now, that may be the biggest has been, and you're on to something totally new and amazing because it will change. And wherever you think you're starting your career, don't don't let yourself be limited by that. It may be your passion right now, and go for it. Be be all in on that, but but be open to what the next thing is that happens based on all the other things that are happening in your life. It's not just your career, but you know, family or travel or maybe you have an experience of healthcare that a personal experience of healthcare that changes your focus. So be nimble and be dynamic, I guess is what I would sum it up as. Awesome. That's, that's really good advice. You know, thanks for sharing that. Uh, you know, if, if people wanted to, to reach out to you specifically about like any other further questions for you, like what's the best way that they can contact you at? Let's see, probably through ASHP Connect, or I'm also on LinkedIn. Those are great ways. 
Thank you. I'll, I'll be putting uh, some of the contact information into our show notes for uh, for individuals who are interested in reaching out. So, uh, but you know, to be respectful of your time again, like I'd like to thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing more about, you know, your journey and what you've done with the profession and ASHP. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you so much, Tony. It's been such a pleasure to, to talk with you. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal.